transferable through the internet. Full release from this place and this atmosphere upon your minds. Washed in all the heavenly glory. Transforming your places into heaven on earth. Loose. That's that karate anointing. Comes out like, oh yeah, I don't know. A mystery. All manifestations of the spirit are carnal. Get used to it, that's why it irritates and then it intoxicates. Because it has to come through the jar of clay, which is DNA every day with the glory. And that's the mess of the childbirth of birthing the Son of God in the midst of Nimrod. Babylon falls as Zion rises in the flesh and in the blood of your own hearts for fresh starts in the Holy Ghost in the glory in the wisdom of the ages in the power of the resurrection of the Spirit and His holiness His boldness His righteousness His lion-like nature His roar the shout of the archangel and the blast of the seven trumpets and the outpouring of the seven balls and the seven torches burning and the seven golden lampstands and the seven stars in his right hand. Behold, the Lord comes through man's spirit and man's spirit is glorified by the Lord. He's doing it today. He's doing it in every way. Hip, hip, hooray. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For a bold proclamation of the security of the word. I want to share because I care. Like a Care Bear in the glory. Care Bear glory. They would release rainbows out of their bellies to defeat the bad guys. In the Care Bear cartoon. He just can't make this stuff up. I've seen the rainbow of the living God in my belly. By the Holy Ghost. I have seen the Care Bear mantle. <laughs> you can be bold and righteous and courageous as a lion, but you better be having fun in the sun, and you better be undone from religion. There's a seriousness of joy. 
There's a seriousness of the anointing that's serious freedom and a serious abundant life. There's a seriousness in the wine as you're drunk out of your mind. There's a glory that tells his story. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> We're getting toasted and roasted tonight in the heavenly flight, in the fresh anointing of the word of his light. Everything. Just say everything. Everything is going to be all right in the light of the all-consuming word of God. In the day of his great pressure, this is the pressure of the Lord, you guys, in this day, the word of God is your refuge. The word of God is your strong and high tower. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. It's guaranteed. But the word remains forever. Your victory, guys, your victory in Christ is the victory of the Word of God that has defeated Satan on the cross. The Word of God is obedient to the Father, to His kingdom, His power, His glory. The Word is our obedience and the Word is working by its own power. Amen. The only safety you'll find in this world is being consumed inside and out by the Word of God. There's no kingdom apart from the Word. The Word's written on a book, but the Word is made flesh by reading the book. The Logos, the Lamb's Book of Life, is the Bible, guys. It is. It's the Bible mixed with your spirit, mixed with your blood, animated by the Holy Ghost who inspired the prophets who wrote it, becoming the testimony of Jesus, the Word of God. What's a testimony? It's the Testament. It's the New Testament. It's Jesus. It frees us. It sets us free for our eyes to see the greater glory coming through you and me. It's going to fly in the sky and by and by through every eye and eye. It's going to be an absolute glorious day. The day of the Lord is the dawning of the river of glory through our spirit. You see the tides rising. For the last two days I've been seeing, supernaturally, the river of life as a river of glory of the elevation of the inner man and the spirit, rising a tide of dawn's light. I did not realize that the river of life is an elevation of dawn's light. The river of life is raising the standard of light, Shekinah glory, and it doesn't even see the walls of flesh. It's as, as if flesh does not even exist. It's amazing how undeceived the Holy Spirit is. It's astonishing. The Holy Ghost 
He knows the most. And I tell you what, guys. He is raising a standard from within that externally is a measurable line. It's a plumb line. Water can be measured as it rises by the Spirit releasing the river of glory. And right now, the river of glory is beginning to touch the mountaintops of Babylon. There's going to be an external measurable line of light from you manifesting the river of glory from your spirit that will come and touch the, the mountaintops, the seven mountains of Babylon the Great. They will drown. They will die. They will no longer be in charge of the sky. They will have no government over the earth. These seven mountains of Babylon the Great, the Bible says that the seven-headed beast and the whore of Babylon and, hers, and the writer whose name is Jezebel and everyone caught up in externalism, which is mostly all Christians, truth in it, are riding this external seven mountain beast thing and the waters from below bring her down. <laughs> bring her down with a the frown. They bring her down and people on that system, which is external Christianity, those that are bewitched, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh, will drown with the beast. They will drown with the red dragon and you say, oh, that's a bad thing, doom and gloom. No, it's called getting forgiven. It's getting forgiven of all the sorceries of soulishness that have pretended to be spirit, but are not. They're not spirit. They're not God. It's not Christianity. It's false. The soul is the pretender. The soul is the play actor. The soul is the hypocrite. The soul does not bear the image of God. The spirit bears the image of God. The soul does not. And that is your problem. <laughs> That's the problem you deal with after you're born again is the copy catting of the soul pretending to be spirit <laughs> and all the fallen angels in Satan's hell tempt you in the soul into a counterfeit bewitchment and most people take the bait <laughs> unless you have a dramatic spiritual conversion that divides soul from spirit at birth like Apostle Paul like me it is extremely rare that a believer has separated their soul from their spirit. And you have to do that in order to be saved. In order to be saved in your soul, it has to be annihilated. No one overcomes the devil unless they love not their souls unto death. The Bible says death. Revelation 12, 11, death for the soul is the overcoming of the devil. And you can't overcome Satan unless the soul dies, not lives. False Christianity says the soul gets to live because I believe in Jesus, the soul gets to live. Nope. That's if you live in the kingdom of hell, in the imprisonment of the fallen angels, in an external bewitchment, which most do. We're at war against that. That is false Christianity everywhere. 
the soul that is annihilated, decimated, and drowned into the spirit becomes a different expression from the inside out that manifests the river of glory that raises the standard of the dawning of heaven's light in the world. It is a remnant, a Noah company, that raises the standard within this remnant of God inside-minded believers. The remnant that knows the river flowing from within is the only Elijah company down here. Spirit of Elijah never left the river. The Bible says the New Covenant River is only inside believers' bellies. John 7, 38, it is written. <laughs> that is the greatness of God in you, defeating the weakness of Satan outside you. If Satan is not being confronted by the river of the Lamb's glory, by the river of the Father's glory, there is already a defeat in the believer's soul. But yet they're deceived. The dry place has filled their minds with deception, thinking that they're more than conquerors, thinking that they have the armor of God on, thinking that they have victory by some kind of parrot that repeats some scripture. You can get animals to speak scripture. You can train a parrot to speak the Bible. It just memorizes it in its brain. Doesn't do anything, it remains an animal. Only if it's inside the spirit does it transform the spirit through the soul to be no longer the mark of the beast, the mark of the animal. Wisdom has killed her beast by a people that have feasted for their spirit and have learned and trained through constant discipline of practicing the righteousness that's a gift of grace into the inner man to burn up the animal, to not express a counterfeit falsehood soulish copy of the divine that is imparted into the spirit at birth. <laughs> And you have the real deal in your spirit and Satan wants to give you a counterfeit in the soul to steal your inheritance to stay in the skyline over cities and nations and to rule by principalities as long as the covenant people are deceived and bewitched he will but if a remnant rises up that knows him on the inside you get your inheritance and it's equally as epic as Noah in the drowning of an entire civilization. And there was a billion people in Noah's day. And those billion people mocked and scoffed. Your doctrine's way off. I'm sure they called Noah a cult leader. <laughs> Noah, you're mentally ill. Noah, you've lost sound doctrine. You're a false teacher. We have, you are proclaiming something we have never seen before. It's never happened before. It's beyond our wildest imagination. It wasn't all Nephilim in the days of Noah. The Bible says that many people followed Enoch, which means they listened to the stories about God. They heard about God. They listened about the glory of God that Enoch was experiencing. Read the book of Enoch, read the book of Jasher. They both testify that a lot of people, guys, in fact, all the kings of the king of kings, not Jesus, Enoch, they followed him. 
which means they heard all of the stories about the kingdom, its power, and its glory, but it didn't help them at all because it was only in the soul. They all died. Only the ones that imparted it and lost control in the soul died to their soul and lived to their spirit survived the floods which was just a few people guys which means if you are not annihilating purposely attacking the soulish counterfeits you are not going to be saved in this day you think you're saved and you get offended by all this stuff you think you're right with god but the heart cannot know its rightness with God. You cannot know you're right with God unless you destroy the heart. No, no, not surviving the heart, not saving the heart, annihilating the heart. Unless the heart and all of its pride be annihilated, you will never find true salvation of Christ within your spirit. You'll have some kind of false security which is the false doctrine of the brain's beliefs in God and that's what we deal with the brain and its beliefs in God you know let's go into the amplified classic the Lord highlighted Ephesians chapter 4 today I'm gonna have to buy the today's new international version the TNIV that used to be my favorite translation when I left Bible college I used to buy cases of those Bibles and hand them out all over the streets and uh, then I got into the prophetic more deeply and all the prophets are recommending the Amplified Classic and I've only had that translation with the message and then the Passion translation for the last 15 years but before that it was all I had was the TNIV and they make an, a, dra a dramatized TNIV version called the Experience Bible. And what's so incredible is God's like bringing me full circle back to 2006 when all I did eight hours a day was the Experience Bible and the TNIV and read it and experience it and just get blasted in the TNIV. And you know, we, we grow in this pride and we're like, man, I've just graduated from translations. I am now so mature in the passion translation, so spiritual in the Amplified Classic. And you did grow and it's real. But there is a humbling back to birth in the full cycle of life, the river of life, to the origins of your starting in Christ. And it's a much more m mature place when you revisit the days of your infancy in Christ, having developed your spirit through the leadership of the Holy Ghost, you revisit those places and those gemstones have just bloomed. And that's what God's doing with me this season. We're revisiting the experience Bible. And it's like this brand new experience for me. I think God the Father is saying, I want you to experience the Bible, Bride of Christ. I want you to live inside the Word. This is how He's going to protect you, prepare you for the days ahead. The wrath that's coming towards the wicked will hit you unless you're in the Word. He doesn't want the judgments towards the fallen angels to take you out. 
but they will if you're not in the manifestation of the Word of God through your spirit, soul, mind, and bones, and marrow, and it becomes an atmosphere of the kingdom's protection around your soul. Judgment is, a, is coming upon the fallen angels on a level you've never seen in the history of the world. This has never happened before. What God's about to pour out upon Satan and his angels has never happened. Here's the deal. If you are not in the word, you have no protection over your doorpost. So a lot of the fake false Christians, the writer of the seven-headed beast, they will equally encounter the destruction of Satan and, the, and his angels if you're in the bewitchment, spirit of witchcraft, spirit of religion, all that nonsense sorcery of externalism. It will take you out. You'll drown with him. Which is how some people will finally find Christ. I mean, seriously, if you built up the Tower of Babel and you think it's the Tower of David, the best thing you could ever do for that person is tear down their tower. Throw it into the Crystal Sea. Destruction and judgment is how people get saved in the New Covenant. It's not coming with fire and brimstone. It's coming with living water, which is the goodness and the glory and the love of God upon false religion, mostly witchcraft. Witchcraft is what deceives people to be just totally insane during these times. They're crazy because they don't have an anchor for the soul into the living water. Their mind is carried off into Babylon. Babylon's not an external place. This isn't the Old Covenant. Old Covenant, it was an external place. New Covenant, it's a spiritual place through mindsets. A lot of people are in Babylon simply because their mind is just goofy. Their mind is nuts. So you have to wash the mind. You have to drown the mind. You, want, you don't want to know what the great awakening of the end times in the harvest and never-ending revival looks like? It looks like Revelation 17 and 18 and 19 of drowning that woman in living water. Which is the annihilation of the soul. Into what? Into the glory. Into the glory. The resistance that you incur through external things is the resistance of the soul's witchcraft called self-preservation. It's a false armor of God. It was like, I got the armor of God. You have the armor of soul on. It's a serpent armor. It's the armor of snakes protecting your soul from God the Father's glory. Everyone deals with this. Saul of Tarsus had scales fall off his eyes. When I got born again in 2000, uh, 1999, I felt physical scales fall off my eyes. And I saw in color and everything was so bright I had to squint. I could barely open my eyes. My conversion, the scales of Satan, the scales of lies, the sorceries and the magic arts that are on the soul, the God of this world that has blinded the hearts of unbelievers. It's dragon scale armor. It's the armor of delusion. It's the armor of deception. It's the armor of religion. It's the armor of rebellion that is all scaly. It's scale armor, guys. And a lot of us have it on us still. And that's why we don't live in the brightness of his glory. That's why we close our eyes and it's not brighter than the noonday sun on the inside as it's meant to be. Because we have the wrong armor on. Amen. Putting on the armor of God is taking off 
the scale armor of soul and self. You can't have both. You'll love one and despise the other. A lot of times people, when you confront them and what armor they're wearing over their hearts. This is the armor of the scriptures, brother. This is the armor of the gifting of God. I have had a dream or a vision. And you hear that often. And Paul rebukes that out of the infants in Christ. Your dreams and visions don't make it okay to have the wrong armor on, the wrong clothing on. Revelation speaks of the clothing that you're wearing, the clothing of spirit or the clothing of soul. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven with the clothing of soul. It needs to be burned off of you. Jude says, burning their clothes in the fire and not letting their corrupted garments stain your spirit garments. That's what Apostle Jude is talking about, saving people from the wrong clothing, which is the wrong covering, the soul covering the spirit instead of the spirit annihilating the soul. And not just covering the soul, covering the body. You'll never know salvation to a greater measure until your spirit becomes your clothing. And it is spiritual teaching, spiritual preaching, a severity towards the soul that will decimate the false coverings, the false clothings that all believers wear. And it's not every day that we have the correct clothing on. There's seven days in a week and you deal with different stuff in the air every day. It's learning to be consistent on putting on the Spirit daily. How many all know that in the Old Testament, which is for types and shadows, for our wisdom, the Bible says, the priests had to put on new garments each morning, which is you putting on your Spirit as soon as you wake up. Are you going to have a soul day or a spirit day? Many people have never had a spirit day since they've been born again. They don't even know what I'm talking about. This is like an enigma. It's like speaking a different language to you because you haven't been trained in prophetic wisdom. You've been trained in religion. It's got to burn. There needs to be a clothing. God will clothe you with his spirit. First, you embrace that clothing in your inner man, and your inner man begins to disassemble all the coverings that you have put on yourself. <laughs> the things by which you sustain your life on earth is what you cover yourself with, usually to protect yourself from being hurt by other believers or men and women who have severely harmed you. And we have these wounds that justify the false coverings of our hearts. You don't know what I've been through. Jesus knows what you've been through. He's closer than a brother. He's dealing with your heart. He's dealing with your coverings. He's dealing with your concealings. The places where you hide, Scripture calls it. And in each, each place where you hide, there's an excuse why it's okay. <laughs> Pride is a stronghold for every false covering of the heart. It's an excuse before God. But the enemy did this. But my wife did this. My husband did this. Business happened to me this way. It's all externalism. The Bible says, and it will all perish with use. Which means there's a burning away of the external, of the temporal. As Christ is progressively rising in your heart, 
The permanent, that which cannot decay, becomes your clothing every day. The only thing that doesn't decay is Jesus the way. He is the truth and he is the life. This is indestructible life. So there's no excuse that it's your wife. Right, Adam? That woman you gave me, she got into the devil. I had to go get her from the devil, now I'm in the devil. And they both seared their consciences. Which means Adam knew it was wrong to follow Eve into Satan. And Eve said, oh, it was the snake. It was your creation of the angels, is what she said. It was your created angels, God, that messed me up. Which was true. So God redeemed her, didn't he? He's like, yeah, those were the angels I created. I'm going to save you out of this mess. They were stronger than you. You were weak in knowledge. Adam and Eve were weak in revelation. Majorly weak. They didn't know much. They were totally ignorant. So that a fallen angel could deceive them. So God had mercy on man and woman and set up a plan to redeem them back into revelation knowledge to strengthen their spirit so their spirit could stand up against the devil and be smarter and stronger than Satan. And that's what our daily feast is. Keeping the feast, that's what first century Christians called it. Christianity was called the keeping of the feast. And we're keepers of the feast, ministers of the feast. Which means that you keep feeding your spirit to get stronger and stronger against the devil. So that serpent activity is not a temptation anymore. But if your spirit is weak, anemic, malnourished, underfed, sickly, because you're not eating from the tree of life and your spirit is not stronger than your soul, Satan wins every time. So if the Christian food is soulish, no spirit could ever become stronger than the Satan's. That's what they've done. Infiltrating all the teachings of Christianity. So it's a soulish teaching. How do you know it's soulish? When you're around a church that says, lay hands on your heart and never leaves the flesh of the blood of your beating heart, which means there's zero chance that you'll ever be stronger than Satan in all of your belief systems in Jesus Christ all your days. Zero. And it's really sad. It's very grievous to the Father because it's not the spirituality that Jesus Christ brought. It's not the spirituality that the apostles walked in. That is the restoration of all things. Back into the strength of the inner man stronger than anything that's in the world. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Find a Christian walking in that. A dread champion, a son of God, a mature one whose inner man is stronger than the principalities, stronger than Jezebel, stronger than fallen archangels. Somebody's spirit has developed by keeping the feast. Those born of God grow up into all God's power. Remember the angels in the Old Testament begging Enoch for mercy? You know, some of these were very high-ranking angels. 
How come they were so cowardly, frail, and weak before Enoch? Because Enoch's spirit was huge. Because he was a spiritual being full of glory that was not submitted to his body. He was living as a gigantic spirit bearing God the Father's image. So God the Father was in his spirit. So the angels were directly dealing with God inside Enoch. You must come to that place of strength in your spirit because the soulishness will keep you weak. The soulishness will keep you very frail. It'll get you sick. That's why people get sick, because they're soulish. They're susceptible to the natural realms, sorceries, and magic arts, and witchcraft spells, which are words, simply words, and vials, and substances. There's a river coming out of the mouth of the red dragon in Revelation. That's the sorceries of religion. It's the sorceries and the magic arts of simply worldliness, of all externalism. If that's strong to you, it's because your spirit's malnourished. If that magic spell can kindle on you, it's because you don't know who you are in Christ yet. We need to awaken to our divine identity. We need to awaken to Christ in us. Not just a one-time realizing of the glory, a constant, continuous realizing of the glory, a renewed mind that only lives for the river of glory until the mind can see the waters rising externally as they've risen within. The resurrection within is the flood of living waters on the outside of your bodies, which is the judgment of the fallen angels. When they shall see the glory, talking about the unbelievers and Thessalonians, then the end has come. The end of time of the end times is the flooding of eternity and time shall cease, but there will still be time. The flooding of the glory into time, into space, into the prison of the fallen angels, into the soul realm of man and woman's five physical senses flooded with living glory is the eternal coming into the temporal through those who truly have circumcised hearts, who've given up their temporal life of animal flesh, of their last name. You have to give up your last name to become a Christian. It's not optional. To be a Christian, which means you have Christ as your family tree. God's not going to honor your last name. Get over yourself. You've been adopted, the Bible says, which means you got a new family. If you keep your last name on your forehead, you'll never know him your whole Christian lives. It's sorcery to glorify your name. What's written on our foreheads are names. That's the mark of the beast. Truth in here. What needs to be written on our foreheads is a new name of a new family, of the divine family, Jesus Christ, written on their foreheads, written three times, beast only once. We need Jesus written on our foreheads, a new family. So you can just erase your last name. Now you don't need to do this by going in, into the license department at the DMV. You might need a little wisdom, man. Okay, this is about the spirit world conquering the natural world. 
in the law of liberty in Christ Jesus of the third heaven in the courts of the third heaven, drowning out all the earthly human garbage on the earth. And it is garbage. It's a manure pile of man's laws, rules and regulations. All of it will burn. Thank God. And we need to bring a judgment upon it by fully embracing a new name in our foreheads, which our minds coming into agreement with what the Holy Ghost has done in our spirit. The Holy Ghost is giving you a new nature, not just buried under the old nature, and we do the best we can every day. That's a cop-out. He has given you a new nature that's more than a conqueror, conquering the old nature through your own human hearts. You will pierce this heart. You know what piercing the heavens is? Just by faith, lift up your sword into the air. This is the sword that pierces the heavens. This is the sword in your right hand that pierces your own heart. I tell you the truth, it's not Moses circumcising adults. It's you circumcising your own heart with your own sword of your own spirit. You rise in your heart in union with Jesus Christ, it is written. The bright morning star shall rise in the flesh and blood of your heart, 2 Peter 1.19. It's by your sword in your spirit's hand that you conquer the old Adamic nature in your hearts and it will progressively peel away but you notice there's a resistance there. There's an argument there. There's a court there. And there you'll find all the river of the red dragon, all the realm of the dead in man's blood. Your hearts contain the very records of the contracts and covenants with the demons of hell. And unless they're pierced through with a new contract, with a new pen of a ready writer writing a new covenant and a new law of love and liberty in Christ Jesus through the old contract of your own heart, making a blood covenant through your own circumcised heart. There is no freedom for a person unless the heart and its blood peels away for the river of life to come up from the belly. It has to come up from the belly. Lay hands on your belly and release a new covenant into the old covenant. This is old covenant, guys. Old Covenant was human blood. Most of our Christianity today that it's completely false is an Old Covenant style in the old blood of Adam and Eve. Forget what nation you think you're from. You're deceived. You're from Adam and Eve. That's the only thing you need to know. Everything else is just a waste and confusion. Don't matter the nations. The Bible says there's no, no longer Jew or Gentile in Christ. And there's no longer male or female in Christ. It is written. It just matters how much damage you are doing to the old Adamic. And it's the old covenant. You do damage to the old covenant. You're damaging the old covenant. Anyone that says otherwise doesn't understand a thing. This is the old covenant right here. Heart. This is the new covenant, the spirit of grace. The Bible says that the spirit of grace is greater than our hearts because it's dealing with the old covenant 
and all of its laws and rules and regulations and religions in the heart and it has to burn off the spirit in order to experience the Christian life through the forehead. He is setting you free from the Old Testament. Old Testament is rules upon the soul. And they just feel all condemned all the time because I'm not good in my soul. Nobody is. Nobody's good in the soul. Jesus is good and he becomes your salvation and you can't do it yourself. Get the Old Testament out of you. It's all death. Get it out. There's no Old Covenant. There's no Old Testament as far as you know it. There's a New Covenant, a New Testament, which is the living Lord Jesus piercing through the laws of man and woman's knowledge of good and evil and peeling all this garbage of the mouth of the red dragon off our human hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Get set free tonight in Jesus' name. He wants to set you free from yourself so that Jesus becomes your consciousness. A person set free that's actually in the new covenant is not capable of self-consciousness. They're not going to sit there and self-evaluate in the preaching of the prophetic word. Because their heart's circumcised, they're only consciously aware of Christ and him crucified to death and the consciousness of self with their own name on their forehead you have been crucified with him which means if you're truly crucified you can't think about yourself anymore those of us that can still consider self have not known the cross The cross is your salvation because it's the destruction of selfishness. It's the destruction of soulishness. It's the destruction of Satan and his angels. Preaching the cross is preaching annihilation to soul. Those that preach the cross bring spiritual consciousness, spiritual awakening up into the mind, which is encountering the kingdom and his glory. No one goes into the glory of God except through the death of Jesus. I am the sheep gate to the Father. What is he saying? I and my death on the cross will be the gateway into the glory of God. Which means until the soul is annihilated from all of its self-consciousness, Christian false soulishness, there will be no actual relationship with God in heaven. It'll be man's ideas. It'll be religion of the fallen angels, angels of light, telling you it's okay to not be crucified with them. The greatest lie on earth is that you don't have to be crucified with Christ every day. You can live in a fading glory of the angels of light. You know, witchcraft has a glory. The Bible says it. There's a light of the angels of light. That word light is also translated glory. There's a glory of the fallen angels. Yeah, it's called the stars. It's called natural light that deceives the whole world. A natural mindset of a, it it appears spiritual. It can even pretend to be supernatural. Because these fallen angels are supernatural. Angels are as supernatural as it gets. Doesn't mean it's the right supernatural. It's the complete 
deceiving supernatural. It's as far away from God as you can get supernatural. We need to get into Christ crucified supernatural. It's easy when there's one cross killing everything else. Can't be confused if you're crucified with Christ because the confusion's dead. The ability to be confused and lost and not knowing what to do is dead. It's just the evidence that the cross is not a reality in your hearts and minds and you have not been killed with him perhaps today or perhaps ever. <laughs> Amen. Which is an opportunity to overcome your name on your foreheads. Amen. Which is overcome the devil. Woo. No one overcomes the devil unless they overcome themselves. <laughs> and few Christians ever have. This was a pioneering work. It's the actual circumcision of the heart. Circumcision of the heart is the removal of the heart off of the spirit so that the brain doesn't experience human blood at all. Point out a few Christians that are living in that realm. Those are the leaders of the body of Christ because it's so few and far between. Truth anyhow. We need to make circumcision of the heart mainstream again because it's unknown in 2022. We live in a realm of total deception where the, it's okay for the heart to completely quench, grieve, and resist the spirit. And yet call ourselves Christians when we resist Christ in our own spirit. It's the exact opposite. Jesus, have mercy on our hearts and peel our hearts off of our spirit. And let the spirit of Jesus rise in our heart and burn away all the other blood that speaks a lying word into our brains. You know why people go astray in Babylon? Their brains listen to their hearts. Any brain listening to their heart is guaranteed fallen angel led. Any brain that considers not their heart, knowing that's called the river of the red dragon, so you stop listening to the devil and you begin listening to Jesus in the spirit, does not consider their heart or anything it says. I don't consider human blood. John's baptism was it from man. I don't listen to a false prophetic of the heart. Those that speak from the heart are the false prophets. Those that speak from the belly of the spirit that God has created in the spiritual stomach and birthing the Son of God are the only true prophetic on earth. And that needs to become you as you begin to know Jesus in a deeper dimension that has nothing to do with your soul anymore. Leaving the realm of soul, entering the realm of the spirit in your bellies. Leave the soul leave your brain and your senses and burn them on an altar and let the fire of God cleanse your conscience to enter the spirit. Who can climb the mountain of the Lord or enter the spirit? Clean hands, pure heart. Which means I desire the spirit more than myself. I does, you know, the, that is actually a, quite a bold statement. What you deal with in Babylon the Great is great selfishness. And the angels that fell from heaven are right there tempting in a counterfeit. But those that go beyond Babylon into Zion, which is lower than themselves, into the spirit of Jesus, they can't be deceived. They will not practice wrongdoing. 
They cannot be confused because their mind is controlled with spirit and not blood. When your mind is controlled with human blood, you're in Babylon. So you're confused every day. Everything you believe in is a total flippin' lie. Your whole life is a lie. Just burn it. You burn all the blood covering your brain and it sets you free from all worldliness and all fallen angels. And until the doorpost gets covered with the spirit consistently, you'll have demonic influence. The Bible says overcoming the devil is the overcoming of the conquerors. Revelation 12:11. This is actually extremely rare. You read about the apostolic glory stream churches of Revelation 2 and 3, planted by Peter, John, the great apostle Paul, signs, miracles, wonders. You probably don't have a church on earth as great as the seven churches of Asia Minor. And yet Jesus is rebuking the snot out of them. Why? Because there's still an aspect of soulish worldliness. He wants to bring the kingdom age so desperately, but our minds are clinging to soulish concepts that have an appearance of spirituality, which means we haven't thoroughly dealt with the curse of the fall and the fallen angels in our lives yet. And when we do, a door is opened in heaven and a voice says, come up here into the kingdom age and rule with me a thousand years as you've conquered all that is in the earth. It's like the seven continents of earth, the seven churches of Asia Minor, the seven torches burning in the seven golden lampstands has gotten your spiritual intelligence out of earth's atmosphere. You need to be out of the er orbit of the earth. You need to be out of the spinning of the earth. You need to be heavenly. You know, the Bible says in James, New Testament Proverbs, that to be earthly is to be a fool. If your mind is on things below, you are the definition of a fool. Ouch. Truth anyhow, we are dealing with such madness and folly that we justify having our brains on things below and yet call ourselves Christians. You're not. You're practicing worldliness. You're a Babylonian. And you need to learn Zion because it's an internal work. This is the place of maturing in Christ, guys, where you don't have problems anymore. And God's going to disciple, disciple you in the midst of your sins. Just because you're a huge lump of manure pile doesn't mean he's given up on you. And the soul is a lump of manure pile. You don't need a blankie. You need a fire towards the witchcraft scrolls of the soul. You need a baptism of fire. The altar of God is for the soul to burn on. If it ever gets up, it goes into seven times worse realm, which means you're never going to live a soulish life again. This is the point of no return where you walk with Jesus so far that you can't turn back. <laughs> Amen. And you need to, which means you come into realms of perfection, realms of your soul burnt up, realms of your DNA that can't practice the same delusional behavior as you did in the lesser fire years gone by. It's called maturing in Christ. Maturing in Christ is permanent damage to fallen DNA. <laughs> where you can't do the same sin patterns. Carpet, you know, they say, uh, Katie's Bardia, wandering around the mountain 40 years. You cannot wander anymore. You now have revelation. 
there's clarity to the ways of God flowing through your soul that is burnt up by the glory fire. So the confusion burns progressively. When we're brand new believers, all we have covering our feelings and covering our thoughts is our own bloodline, which is just worldliness and Satan. That's why a progressive salvation, not just the Red Sea, but the circumcision of the wilderness by Moses symbolizes a greater sanctification than simply just believing in Jesus. There needs to be a re removing of Egypt from the inside. A removing of the earthly from the inside. If the cup is full of earth, forget heavenly glory. Revelation's not your food yet. You'll look for junk food on the earth, which is you'll find the tree of knowledge after you're born again if you're a coward. If you're a coward, you'll cling to the earthly. That's where the cowards are that reject the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, there's no cowards there, it is written. It's a place that embraces a different diet for angels. They ate the bread of angels, hidden manna, for the angel part of you, which is the word spirit part of you, which is where the new covenant is meant to go. The testament of Jesus is for the spirit part of you until the angelic nature can stand up on the inside and live an angel's life. <laughs> not my opinion, not my doctrine, Jesus Christ's opinion, Jesus Christ's words, Luke chapter 20, they are the angel-like children of the resurrection, therefore they are the sons of God. Which means until you're angel-like, you're not a son of God. You're an adopted person that is choosing still soul or spirit and you haven't made a thorough decision of one or the other. You're in the wilderness. Because of a lack of sanctification, you are still in the wilderness of your own soul and that's where 99% of you at the sound of my voice are at right now. And you're making decisions, will I go into Zion and become fully angel or I cling to the animal and make excuses that will just drown by the bubbling of the water upon your head. God's not listening to your excuses. God gave his son as a sacrifice. There's no excuse for anyone on the earth. You can go as deep into the spirit now as you desire to give up your soulishness, which is your selfishness. And if you don't, you'll die an animal's life. And you'll never fulfill your destiny because you've wasted your years on earth playing in the sand, doing temporal dead works, making excuses to God. No excuses. We need hard teaching. We need hard preaching towards the deception lest we waste another year of our life in the soul realm of our own selfish sand. But my family, but my kids, you find a single apostle or disciple in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that did not leave family or child or business or friend or spouse. You have a worldly Laodicean form of Christianity and it's killing you. If you want salvation, you're going to get it just the same as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. God will not listen to your American excuses. The Christianity of the Bible is not American. It's not American. It's not even Hebrew. It's not Gentile. It's divine. It's ancient wisdom of the realm of God's glory that created the heavens and the earth. And it's not optional. Nothing in there is optional. 
We think it's optional. We apply some of it here, some of it there. When it's convenient to me, this other stuff, it's too hard. I don't think anyone could practice that. You need to practice all of it. You need all of it to save you in this day. The remnant will practice all the word of God, which is all the wisdom of the ages. And you become a different culture. It's called the restoration of the ancient paths in the Bible which is not this temporal American path with my mentorship where my heart's intact and my name's on my forehead and I'm just accruing all of these rewards into my name because you're serving the devil and not Jesus. Truth anyhow, when you serve Jesus, you're building up a reward in heaven where Jesus is. They considered not their lives, it is written. They lived for Jesus, these men in the Bible. If you want the kingdom of heaven and to live in the glory realm, you will have the same exact standard applied to you today. And there will be a lot of people that will embrace that yoke. The yoke of Christ. It is a yoke and it is a burden. And it is easy and light only if you're not having your own yoke and burden of your soul. That's why people say it's so hard because you're trying to apply it to the Adamic curse. If you apply it to the new creature, the new creature breaks that yoke of wickedness and that curse right off the heart. And it's easy and light for the spirit, but it's impossible by God's design for the soul. And that's why you struggle. And that's why it's hard. Because it's by God's design created impossible for the selfishness of the soul. So that only those who walk in true faith, in true selfless, selflessness, which is called the meekness of the Lamb, shall inherit the earth. The ones that know Him, that have taken on His very nature. We're called in the Bible the Bride of the Lamb. And we got a big kumbaya festival of the Bride of the Lamb. We just say all these ideas about it. You know, I'm drinking the wine, getting drunk. I'm in the marriage supper lamb. Well, well your selfishness will be tested in the days ahead. Stay drunk and make sure that he increases in spirit and his desires are being satisfied because the wine is often surgical medication for the removing of selfishness. Because we're so stubborn and so lost that we can't even change unless we're under heavy angelic drugs. Because we're so deceived and human and earthly and unspiritual, carnal, philosophical, logical, reasonable, anti-Christ. Hey, a truth in Hannah. Uh, it's a new authority since Shadrach sent me the scepter of Kenya. Look at these. Our missionary brought these back and sent them over to the crack house. Hey, thank you, Shadrach. Thank you, Kenya. Bless you. But man, this is this is a nice addition to the armory. It's some kind of chieftain scepter. I like it. I like this thing. But why is there a potato on the end here? It's like a leather baseball in there. That's, that's for bopping the devil. Bop, bop, bo bop, 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 bam. <laughs> there really is power and authority in this scepter. I know it's symbolic and it's prophetic, but the acts of the prophets and the works of the prophets 
carry such power in the things of the natural realm. And there's just such a prophetic power and authority in the scepter. I just like it. I was telling Rebecca on the way over here today, there is such a magnificent increase of divine authority today. I've been just pressing into this experience Bible. My hunger and thirst for the Word has increased like never before. And it's honestly because we've mixed in the last few weeks some water fasting. If some of you guys are just in the rut and just living as animals, do a little water fasting. Yeah, no, we have a, a tendency to just let our minds filter into our bodies. We need to have our minds on edge, living before the fear of the Lord, inheriting salvation through fear and trembling, which means zero carnality as the brain increases spirituality. That's inheriting the kingdom with fear and trembling, the Bible says. In groanings too deep for words, which is the river bubbling up and just scaring the crap out of our human brains. And you got to live in the awe of God in order to keep metamorphosizing. We get complacent so easy. Woo! So a little water fasting, shake the flesh right off your spirit and put your brain back into your spirit. You know, you're not walking with the Lord unless your brain's in your spirit. Some of you never walk with the Lord. And this is like a foreign concept to you, but the Bible says in order to walk with the Lord Jesus to be actual Christians, the brain has to be controlled with the spirit. Your spirit's right here. You can't walk with Jesus in the flesh. The second Adam's a life-given spirit. You can only walk with Jesus in the spirit. The apostle says you live in the spirit. whoop de frickin' do You live in the spirit. You get goosebumps when you're soaking and token and joking. He says now also walk in the spirit. You know what it means to walk in the spirit? Be able to make conscious decisions in your inner man as a spirit being, which is wisdom over natural things, which is like learning how to get efficient over your debt, how to balance your budget and buy groceries and, and not go negative, learning how to have some practical wisdom as a spirit being conquering the realm of the natural. Most of us are so spiritual, we are no earthly good. Because we don't have any wisdom. There's a wisdom and an intelligence of the spirit to maintain order in the realm of the natural. That's what we lost in the fall. How our spirit maintained order over the natural as a government of God, a government of His Word. We gave it up and now we're just spiritual flakes. <laughs> Woo! Truth anyhow. We need spiritual wisdom to rule the realm of the natural. Is this too harsh? This is what you need. This is exactly what you need. You need your spirit built up because your spirit's tough. The Bible says your spirit can't be killed. Even if we were to shoot you ten times right in the head, your spirit wouldn't even feel it. If we were to blow your head off with a sawed-off shotgun, your spirit is so tough, it wouldn't feel any pain at all. In fact, the pleasure of heaven would be ten times stronger through you. So what the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with God. It is written. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. It is written. If the carnal realm is ruling over your spirit, you're dead in your sins. If your spirit is ruling over your body, you're in ecstasy and enjoyment with God. The Bible says when their spirit saw the Lord, they were filled with joy, 
jubilation, ecstasy, delight, and they were raptured. John 20, 20. They were raptured when their spirit saw the Lord. John 20, 20. Amplified Classic. Your spirit needs to conquer the natural realm and not feel the pain or the feelings of the manipulation of anything of money, of anything of family, of anything of all the flesh and blood of the earth. Your spirit must be controlled by God's spirit over flesh and blood to be free from the curse of the fall. That's the tabernacle of David, the maturity of the 144,000 sons of God, which is the manifestation of the messianic kingdom. It's called the restoration of all things. The messianic kingdom that comes forth from your spirit conquering your own heart morning star rising in your heart you conquering your own human heart and bringing forth his bloodline which is the river of glory from your spirit all the way out your forehead lifting up the ancient gates for the king of glory to come out who is this king of glory the lord of glory strong and mighty in battle he is the one coming out of your forehead he is the king of glory it is written and he's coming right through you as you yield to him every day in the holy ghost way amen there's a holy ghost way that's higher than your way one thing you can have from the lord is more of the holy spirit every day we've had a down pop down payment a deposit the bible says when you speak in tongues, it's a deposit of the Holy Ghost. It's not the full thing. The Bible says when you're in the full thing, all tongues shall cease. All gifts of the Spirit, even prophecy, shall cease when the flood comes. In the kingdom age, there won't be any of the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible says. You know, it's in the Word. But you'll have everything flowing in the rivers of God's glory. All the elements glorified, all the animals glorified. Death will be swallowed up in victory. You bring that forth by conquering death in your own hearts, by your own sacrifice on the inside of these temples. They would bring the blood of the Lamb into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle it on the mercy seat which is you bringing your brain down into the throne of Christ in your bellies. You come in by the blood of the Lamb. That's your confidence to boldly approach the throne of grace. That's how the glory is shared with your brain. If the glory doesn't hit your brain, you'll never walk in the glory your whole life. you just be in fake Christianity forever. But if your brain goes into the glory through the blood of Jesus, you understand the new covenant. Take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not sitting in the inner court of my own heart like a deceived Christian in the charismatic church. They're just laying hands on my heart. Only consciousness of myself and my soul. Pastor, bless me. Pastor, pray for me. You know what pastor needs to do? Crucify you. Pastor needs to destroy you with the word of his mouth, with the sword of his mouth, to get you past the inner court of your own heart into the holy place of your spirit that has the possibility of practicing love in it. Love is only in the spirit because the Bible says God is love. God is love, which means man is not. 
Woman is lot is not. You can't love. The Bible says you are not capable of loving, and if you think you are, you're into religion. That's false love. It's phileo. Gentleness, kindness, doing good deeds towards others, using your animal, thinking it's Christianity. It's not. None of it is. It's Martha, which is anti-Christ. Truzania. We applaud Martha in false Christianity. <laughs> oh, good job, Martha. Thanks for cooking us dinner. Jesus didn't applaud her. Jesus considered it the devil. Yep. You need to be merry company, because Martha, if you keep practicing Martha, you won't even go to heaven. Amen. You have to practice spirit to go to heaven. Those that are led by the Spirit are the only children of God, the Bible says. Soulish, dead works, appearances of good is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve ate from and died. And we call that Christianity. It's blasphemy. You need to go into glory of God's own works and God's own Spirit and let the Spirit do the works through your slain hearts and minds lest they be your good ideas. How I can please God out of my own opinions. You need to burn your soul, its opinions, and its works, and let the fire of God that burned the animal become the worker at the end of the age. I make my ministers fire because they burned out their desire. The fire burns out the human animal. The earthly is only destroyed in a progressive baptism after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The baptism of fire. That's what lifts you up into the divine. The Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only to get you into the fire and the fire annihilates the Adamic nature out of your heart, out of your brain and makes you fully new creature, not just buried in your belly. Like I know theoretically I have a spirit, but it often takes horrible external circumstances to force you in your spirit. We need better teaching so that all Christians are discipled in the spirit. Scripture says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, which means 100% of all of our hope is in our spirits. And if you don't develop your spirit, you don't inherit the kingdom of heaven. It is written. We need our spirits built up with the word of grace and our souls and our minds get out of the way and soulish reasonable, mentally ill religious people, get out of our way. Burn out of our way. Burn these doors down. Burn these walls down. All this false Christianity in the world be burnt up for the spiritual expression of the new creature to come through in perfection. 30-fold? I don't think so. 60-fold? Good and acceptable? You can go to hell. We are about the perfect and the hundredfold of the Spirit raising a standard in this day that will bring permanent judgment upon Satan and his angels. And all oppression of all governments shall be destroyed. It'll happen when you raise a standard and drown the world in a Noah company that understands the practice and the preaching of what? Righteousness. Righteousness is the practice of living by and for the spirit part of you. Nobody that lives in their heart that has a heart Christianity has yet to understand one drop of righteousness. They can't. Practicing righteousness, Hebrews 6, is beyond elementary Christianity. It is written. 
and going beyond elementary teachings into the training for righteousness and the practicing of righteousness if God says it's okay, if God permits. It is written, which means you need to pass the tests of the baptisms. You need to get baptized in water. You need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. Then you need to embrace the baptism of fire and burn up the whole animal. The mark of the beast only comes off with the baptism of fire and a different name is written on your forehead in that baptism. The fire of God is the resurrection. This generation is the generation of the baptism of fire. 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 We've been talking about water for the last few months. I tell you the truth. The Holy Ghost has shifted us from water to fire again. Why? Because fire and glory, cloud by day, pillar by night, is the leadership of the entire body of Christ and always will be. I myself will be a wall of fire round about you and the glory within, declares the Lord. And the water and the fire will teach you all things of the divine. The Holy Ghost is the fire. And the Holy Ghost is the water. Different manifestations of the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fire annihilates all that stuff that's getting washed. We get washed and we get burnt. Then we get washed and we get burnt. Fire and glory. Fire and glory. That's how we go from glory to glory. Each elevation of burning up the Adamic nature, consuming DNA with God's sperm genetics, the blue conquering the gray, every single day in a greater glory, in the baptism of fire. Another name for the baptism of fire is going from glory to glory. Amen. You go from glory to glory in the burning of the animal. And if you stop burning, you walk away, don't you? Like everyone we've seen, there's no, no more fire for me. I don't need to go to a greater glory. I'm going to self-preserve. Settle for complacent satisfaction. God doesn't get any more of my Adamic nature. He doesn't get any more of my DNA. I'm good at this level. I've been around enough of this preaching of the sword of the spirit. I don't need the sword anymore. I'm going to go find a little oasis for my soul where I can enjoy this level. That's where the flakes go. They're flakes. And they go into realms of comfort that's not the comfort of the Holy Ghost. It's the comfort of the soul. It's the comfort of Satan and the forfeit of the destiny of your spirit. And you no longer live for a spirit going from glory to glory. You now live in the conformity of your soul. And you add Jesus to your soul and you live in total gross delusion. And we're going to hit those people everywhere who have settled for complacent satisfaction, hanging their harps on willow trees willingly in a spiritual Babylon the Great. We're going to force them to get burnt up everywhere. You know, there is a people pressing into the glory of God that will force the baptism of fire upon every believer on earth. That's the terror of pressing into a greater maturity. That's why your own brothers and sisters are your main enemies when you go deeper into the fire. 
because you reveal their complacency. You reveal their lukewarmness, their worldliness, their love for the world is revealed. Their love for themselves is revealed. And you don't love yourself. You love the fire burning self out. You love God more than yourself. No one overcomes the world unless they love Jesus more than their own heart. You'll be tested at the same level of death of all the martyrs to see if you love Jesus actually more than your own heart, more than your own life. Levels of maturity in the future and your spirit will get built up until then. He won't test you in these things when you're just totally clueless. But as you grow in the fire, there is a day coming where you will have to choose Jesus over your own heart. And that will be the day of your maturity. That'll be the day of your bar mitzvah in the spirit, your bath mitzvah in the spirit, or you become a young man and a young woman in the spirit that's overcome the evil one. And you will go on into mothering and fathering because you have sacrificed the entirety of your Adamic life. And the old nature will have no government over you. And the fallen angels and their laws will have no government over you. For the government of God has risen in your heart with healing in its wings. And you have chosen heaven, Zion, over Egypt. And it's a different reality for these mature ones who face the death of their own souls in order to have the life of Jesus Christ. If that decision has not been made in your heart, that is a further decision embracing the baptism of fire. And you'll be faced with it. And you might resist at first. And you might go out and taste your own sins for a season. In your own religion and delusion, we will burn that up and force you to make a wiser decision. While there's still breath in your mouth, you can repent and go deeper into the fire while you're yet complacent and deceived and religious and selfish. And you'll be brought back to that same place in your heart. And I say, Lord, I embrace your fire. I embrace your altar. I will lay my life down and become a true disciple of the kingdom of your fire, the kingdom of your divine love. I will know you more deeply through self-sacrifice. I will know you more deeply in this body you created for me. Your glory, your smoke, your fire, blood, fire, and billows of smoke can consume my soul now. I'm ready for a deeper commitment in Christ. I'm ready to be a more mature disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm ready for fully God inside mindedness to share in your divine nature through my very spirit, even though it shocks the heck out of my brain. It's shocking to the brain because the brain is totally religious. The brain is startled that he's actually really in there. That God the Father indwells us through the slain lamb and that sacrifice got the Father's glory into our spirit. And the brain's an unbeliever. It has to be convinced that this gospel's real. And in the days of head, you will be convinced. You will see awesome power demonstrated every day as Babylon falls in every way into the crystal sea of the rising of the manifest river of glory that the sons of God have brought in this generation to permanently destroy Babylon and all Satan's kingdoms for all time 
to bring forth the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ, and we shall rule and reign with him for a thousand years, it is written, because we have destroyed the old Adamic life and have resisted the curse that our fathers Adam and Eve chose, we have rejected it and have embraced Jesus and his cross and his ways to drown all the old ways of man and its government and its economy and its education systems. Those seven mountains will be devoured by the chief Zion of all the mountains in the last days. This mountain has risen within the believers for 2,000 years. Now it's protruding out of our foreheads with seven horns, which are seven eyes of the Lamb of God, the rulership of the kingdom of the Messiah over the earth, over the heavens, over the stars, over the sands of all creation ruled by a kingdom people of a mountain of grace and love and mercy and blessedness and goodness of God formed inside the spirit of believers who are manifesting through their renewed minds upon all flesh the kingdom of heaven forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Lord, bless these people with encouragement in their spirit and a decimation in their soul that they may know a greater glory and a greater fire and a greater progressive baptism in a higher elevation of the spirit that they've never known before. Ignite their prayer lives. Ignite their tongues into new dialects. Ignite their angels at their left and right shoulders and help them resurrect in a greater spirituality of God the Father's righteousness through their innermost being. Let it burn up their personality. I decree new beginnings for everyone in this fresh new glory rising in our spirit. It's always new because there's a river flowing through you. Nothing stagnant, nothing old. Behold, I make all things new right through you in Jesus name. Seal this word inside every spirit and let it bear forth much fruit in consuming their hearts and their minds and their bones and their marrow. Let it transform the atmosphere around their souls to a greater heavenly glory on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Amen.